One. When I was a teenager, I was a goth. Black hair, black clothes, black makeup. Even had a pair of combat boots. My friends and I, in typical goth fashion, hung out at the local cemetery. We started going as a joke, but soon discovered we liked the peace we found there. That all changed one night. My friend called to see if I wanted to hang out, and I did. None of our other friends were available. They were either working or recovering from partying the night before, so we were on our own. My friend picked me up and we drove up to the cemetery. We were hanging out, smoking cigs, and BSing about the latest issues she was having with her boyfriend when we noticed at the top of the hill we were on, about 100 feet away, a bonfire had been lit. You have to understand that this cemetery is about a block off a campus of a major university, and it's not uncommon for college students to go there to party. My friend and I sighed, knowing that we would have to get going soon. It was illegal to be in the cemetery after dark, and we knew the police would show up because some jerks had decided they needed a bonfire. We decided to finish our cigs and then take off. Just then, the most horrible stench came wafting down the hill from the direction of the bonfire. My friend gagged and covered her mouth. I groaned and said, What the hell? My friend shook her head saying, I don't know what they're doing. Let's just leave. We get into the car, and one of us suggested, maybe we should just go up and see what they're doing. My stomach turned, and a cold shiver went through my body. My friend must have had the same feeling, because at the same time, we both said, no, we should leave. My friend turned the car on, switched on her headlights, put it into reverse, and looked over her shoulder before starting to back up. I was still looking up at the hill. A figure stepped in front of the bonfire. I could only see a silhouette, but I was sure whoever it was was watching us. A feeling of terror hit me, and I said, Go, go, go! Getting louder and more panicked with each word. My friend looked back up the hill for a second, and just as the figure took a step towards us, she slammed on the gas and peeled out, going in reverse down the hill. She rammed the gear stick into drive, and we were out. We didn't say anything for a while, until she said, what the hell were they burning? I shut my head. I don't know. She dropped me off at home and I went to bed. The next morning, I woke up and went out to the kitchen. My mum was there, drinking her morning coffee, and I joined her. We talked about her job for a bit and suddenly she comes out with, Did you hear what happened last night? I shrug and say no. I've just got an up. She tells me that a woman she worked with was kidnapped from the parking garage. Oh my god, I say. Did they find her? Yes, but too late, she replies. Whoever took her had raped and murdered her. They found her this morning up in the cemetery. He'd tried to dispose of her body in a bonfire. I froze. My brain was going a mile a minute, the realisation slowly creeping up. That's what that smell was. Needless to say, I never hung out at the cemetery at night again. I think back to our decision to leave instead of investigating the fire. That one decision could have changed everything. 2. So, when I was a young kid back in the late 70s, my school had a knack for wanting to get the students out at the beginning of the school year to sell things for various fundraisers. Spices, magazines, books, that kind of thing. There was always a hyped up prize for the top seller, like a free trip somewhere local, or a coveted Star Wars toy. This one time, when I was in third grade, they gave us these cardboard demo suitcases 
filled with tons of junk that you might find at a dollar store, and wanted us to go door to door to take orders for these things. I'm telling as I recall, but this happened a while ago, so I can't remember all the details. Now, we had just moved to a new neighbourhood, and I didn't know many people there. My mother came out and tried to help me sell to the few neighbours we did know. We didn't get much sold, as there were other kids from the same school on the street that beat me to the neighbours to get the sell. Then my dad tried to take order forms to his work, and got just a few items sold there. The next week at school, I see that one girl, whose dad is a well-known local attorney, had sold about a hundred orders already. I couldn't believe it, and my hopes of winning the coveted top prize was soon fading, unless I did something quick. I knew that about two streets over, there was a set of newly constructed apartments that were built about two years prior. This was going to be my gold mine. I told my mum I was going to a particular neighbour's house we knew that was not home the evening we tried to stop by to sell our stuff. I packed up my cheap junk suitcase and headed down the street and kept going towards the apartments. She would have had a fit if she knew I was selling on my own. Once there, I started knocking on each and every door. Many people turned me down, but I was managing to get items sold. I had to keep going. I wanted that top prize. Something the teachers hyped up, and I wanted it. As I got towards the rear of the apartment complex, there was one apartment where a creepy, pale-looking guy with long disheveled hair and a beard opened the door. He had a Rob Zombie meets Hagrid kind of look, from what I remember about it. I asked him if he wanted to buy anything, and he had me come in to show what I had to sell. He managed to have me pull out almost each and every item and show it to him. The thing was, he wasn't giving me back the demo items. I told him I needed those back, and he would get the ordered items in a couple of weeks. He was being belligerent, and I thought I needed to get them back, or I'd be in trouble from the school. I told him I needed to leave, and he was giving me lip like, or what? I pleaded again to get the items back, and he was obviously just being a dick to me. I kept looking at the door, but he was in the way. I recall a female eventually came into the room. I'm not sure if it was his mother, girlfriend, wife or sister. I just got scared, but got the courage to run towards the door with this current distraction and left the stuff behind. I ran home as fast as I could and told my parents about the guy. Somehow, I got my stuff back. Not sure if they called the police or visited him themselves. Needless to say, this guy ended up being a harmless dickhead, but it could have been a lot worse. Not sure what would have happened if I didn't run out the door when I did. I put myself in danger just to win a stupid prize. I never did end up winning the coveted prize that year, and I watched the smug face on the girl who won with her hundred orders. I never really got involved with the sell something for the school crap again after that, and I'm not sure why schools let kids do this. I'm sure they intend them to sell only to people they know, but it sure seems to get kids in front of strangers. 3. I'm a 29-year-old male who has held down a large variety of jobs. Some of these jobs have brought me into contact with some terrible people, some unbelievably creepy people, and a handful of outright scary individuals. It was late 2011, and I was working as a cab driver in my hometown of Midland, Ontario. Now, Midland is a sketchy town as is, and we have a few mysteries. One of the biggest ones is the disappearance of a young man named Jake Just on Halloween 1998. 
Jake was 18 and had been partying pretty hard with his friends. At some point, he decided it would be an amazing idea to break beer bottles over his hat. This got him ejected from the party, so him and his cohort started walking home. As you can imagine, Jake was bleeding pretty bad, so the group decided to knock on a few random doors for help. They were allowed in by a couple of good Samaritans, and Jake went to clean up in their bathroom. Last anyone saw of Jake was when he asked for a few towels to soak up the blood. When the towels were brought to the bathroom, Jake had jumped out the window. No one is certain what happened to him. Close friends had stated that Jake owed money for drugs, and it was substantial. He also had quite a few enemies. He's now become a cautionary tale in the area. Now, I was dispatched to pick up a fare and bring them into town. The fare was a guy in his early 40s, dark hair and eyes. He got in and gave me his destination. He was pretty friendly, so we struck up a nice conversation. Eventually, he asked me how I ended up driving cabs. I told him about how my daughter's mother left me for my best friend. And you let him live? Fair asked me. Yeah, I won't beg a woman to be with me. Still, that guy needs to be taught respect. If it had been me, I'd have made him disappear. I laughed, thinking it was a joke. But my laugh fell flat when I saw that he was serious. The hell did he mean? As if reading my mind, he said, I would have beat him down with a few buddies, then cut that fucker into pieces. Seriously? I asked slowly. I was super creeped out by this point. Yeah, I've done it before. This stupid kid at a party one night. The fucker was breaking beer bottles over his head. It was all kinds of shades of fucked up. Really pissed me and my friends off. So we followed him from the party to this house in Sunnyside. We grabbed him from the bathroom. Kid had no chance. We dragged him into the marsh and beat the shit out of him. Before we knew it, the kid wasn't breathing. I arrived at his destination and was completely on edge. This guy just confessed to beating a man to death. He got his cash ready and held it out. I took it reluctantly, not wanting to show any break in my demeanour. We settled up and he opened his door, but just before he got out he looked at me. I expect what we spoke about to stay in this cab. I nodded. Of course. He nodded to me and slipped out of the cab. I never saw him again after this. 4. At the end of May 1999, I was headed into my freshman year of high school. That summer, me and a group of six girls from my church went on a mission trip up the coast from Riverside, California, to Mount St. Helens, Washington. Three of the girls' mothers acted as our drivers and chaperones. We basically all piled into an old Chevy van and a station wagon, headed up PCH, and had the trip of a lifetime. I got baptised at a historic mission in San Luis Obispo. We spent three days in San Francisco, saw the capital, Portland, Oregon, Yosemite. Basically, we got to see every worthy landmark and stay in every noteworthy town from South California to the Canadian border. When we stayed in Yosemite National Park, we spent three nights at the Cedar Lodge. While in Yosemite and sightseeing, the old Chevy van died in the middle of nowhere. Luckily, even though we were unable to get a cell signal, within an hour, somebody stopped and helped us. This was so long ago, I don't remember all the details, but basically, the owner of the van 
told us later that the mechanic told her that somebody had tampered with the engine. She was very upset by this and said that it was something that was done intentionally. The van had to be abandoned and we had to use a rental the rest of the way. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but it turns out that Carrie Anthony Stainer, aka the Yosemite Killer, was the maintenance man for the Cedar Lodge during this time. He had murdered and decapitated a park ranger by the time we were guests at the lodge. The very next month, we gained access to a room where a woman and her young daughter and her daughter's friend were staying, under the guise of checking the room for something. Basically, he knocked on the door in the middle of the night, and because he worked for the lodge, they opened the door. He abducted them, then raped, murdered, and decapitated them. I can't say that I remember seeing him, but we probably did, as we were there for three nights. It's just one of those things that I look back on, and think he could have easily knocked on one of our doors, as it was just a few weeks before, and decided he wanted to abduct and kill us. I feel incredibly lucky, like I dodged a bullet. If the time frame wasn't so close, it wouldn't creep me out so much, but it continues to haunt me 16 years later. 5. This happened to myself and a close friend, both 23-year-old males, just last month. We decided to go on a two-night backpacking camping trip in the Adirondack Mountains of New York. We were both very comfortable with nature, and spent a lot of time camping, hunting and fishing. We hiked about five miles into a small lake, and set up a camp on a small beach. This wasn't a heavily trafficked area, and we didn't expect to run into anybody. Our first night there, as we were sitting around the fire, we saw a flashlight moving on the other side of the lake, about 10.30. This was fairly unusual, however we didn't think much of it. But, as time went on, this flashlight kept moving around the lake, getting closer to our campsite. We kept discussing who could possibly be wandering around the woods in the middle of the night, and didn't particularly want an unwelcomed guest. Once it was clear that the person or people were heading for our campsite, we moved into the woods nearby to see who wandered up. I took a small axe with me, and my friend had a 2-2 rifle. Now, we weren't expecting trouble, and we certainly didn't want to make any, but we figured we might as well cover our bases. Now, the moment of truth. The flashlight comes near the light of our fire, and it's one man. He has a beard, and is probably in his mid-forties, the scary part was that he was carrying what turned out to be a pump-action shotgun. He walked around our campsite a few times, and then proceeded to enter our tent. After rummaging around for a minute or so, he came out and started yelling, I know you're out there, why don't you come and say hello? My friend and I remained motionless under a hemlock tree about 50 yards away. That's when the man proceeded to fire his shotgun into the woods, not too far from where we were. He also swung his flashlight around several times. After what felt like hours, he grabbed my friend's backpack and a few articles of clothing we had drying off near the fire and threw them into burn. My friend, who had trained the 2-2 at the man, asked me if he should shoot. I told him absolutely not, unless he spots us and starts to point the gun in our direction. Thankfully, the man moved off from where he had come after a little while. We waited until his flashlight was on the other side of the lake, ran out, grabbed everything we could fit into my pack, and took off. 
It was now around 2 or 3 a.m. We ran out the trail with flashlights and made it back to my car as the sun was coming up. We immediately went to the police department and reported it, where we also spoke with some forest rangers. That was it. I haven't heard anything back from the police. It wasn't mysterious. However, it creeped the hell out of both of us. Hello again to those who watch below. Brimstone here. Hope you enjoyed the stories today. A couple of them really creeped me out when I first read them, so thought I definitely had to share them with you guys. As normal, please like, share, comment and subscribe on the video. It helps out so, so much. And also, if you have a creepy story that you want told, please feel free to send it to me using any of the contact details below in the description box. Also, please send in your questions for my Q&A, which I'll be doing once I hit 20,000 subscribers. So, until next time, sleep tight.